Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 209 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we are in the media pit with Zach and Michael, and we're talking about the super prestige race that happened at Merck's Blast last weekend. Had two amazing races, and we're going to break them all down. We also uh, start out the show talking about the upcoming Tabor World Cup, and for those of you in North America, where you can see it and what the deal is with watching it on TV and doing it legally if possible. So we dive into that whole uh, soap opera and I think get to the bottom of it and then get into uh, coverage of the races. Today's show sponsored by Willa's Kitchen and Willa's Oat Milk. Go to willowskitchen.com. Uh, purchase the, uh, the oat milk. It is the best oat milk you're going to find out there. It's the creamiest. It uses the whole oat. That's their secret. It's non-GMO, USDA certified, just the best you're going to find. Willa's Oat Milk, willowskitchen.com. If you use the code CROSSHAIRS20, you get 20% off that purchase. So go do that. Also, check out everything at wideanglepodium.com. Be sure to click on the Grimpure Brothers coffee deal. We have our own special blends. They're awesome. Some of the proceeds from buying that goes back to... The network to help us continue running the network, uh, which is a huge deal. While you're on that page, you can also become a member of our Wide Angle Podium community that is going to help support all of the content that we are putting out for you. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, please send us an email at feedback at cxhairs.com or leave a voicemail that we may play on this very show. You can do that at one 405 294 Two four seven seven four zero five C X hairs. All right, if you're looking for something to watch, head on over to YouTube. We got a new CXs and Os. Might even be another one coming out soon. Go check out that new series. It's episode two hundred and nine of Cyclocross Radio. We're in the media pit, talking with Michael, talking with Zach, and we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit. Michael, how's it going? Bill, I wanted to check in with you, and I don't want to bore any of our listeners here, but, like, are we going to be able to watch the World Cup this weekend? Good lead-in. Should we start with that, or should we just lead that, leave that for the as a teaser for the end? I don't know. I I mean, I w- can we watch it? Let let's go to it. let's let's. I just I have a question. Like, is Cyclocross dead? <laughs> is Cyclocross dead? I l- l- let's get to this. Like, let's. It's been a wild. I, I did not think the beginning of Thanksgiving week was going to be this crazy on the internet, in life, in the green room. <laughs> Are we going to be able to watch the World Cup on Sunday? Well, that's a, that is such a just like everything else in 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 cyclocross that we've learned. It, that that is a many tiered question. I, I think at the <laughs> at the base level, what we've learned, we're all very uh, seasoned internet users from the dark days of the early two thousands on. In that. You can always watch the race. I, I think there was that one year when Play Sports said we're only uh, broadcasting cyclocross races if you have a cable box, like in Belgium or the Netherlands, and and subscribe to to Play Sports. And and even like the dudes who are like trying to you know steal it off of there couldn't do it. I think that was like this one season that we were like shut out because they had like the the um you know the the closed system like the the NSA that wasn't actually on the like they built their own internet and no one else could get onto it other than that we've all learned from you know the whatever the VPN through Firefox where you were just bringing in every every Russian virus into your computer <laughs> along along with old cyclocross races from those days to now where you know I think VPN technology has gotten better and you can just sort of zip on over to to France or Italy or Belgium or the Netherlands or wherever, you know, you like to, you know, watch races from. That's still doable, right? I mean, we can still watch the World Cup if we want to. The bigger question is, 
when will we get to a point where we can watch it legally and legitimately and not feel like we have to take a shower afterwards? When can we like say, okay, this is my network that I go to. And, and every couple of years we think we're there and then we're not. Well, and I think that's the problem is I think we are getting to this point and I think there have been voices in our community have been like, Hey, there are people that are trying to provide this content instead of trying to get it for free. How about you pay a little bit of money? And we, we've, I think we've come around to that, but I think you've identified the key issue is that like companies are doing it and then they're taking it away and not telling us. And I guess that's really where this started is we had kind of assumed that the world cups would be on NBC sports gold. We all left our auto renew on. We watched a little bit of the tour. I watched the little mountain bike worlds, but I was like, ah, yeah, we didn't my- listen to Tim. Yeah. I'll get my, I mean, he's always wrong. Um, I will get my five world cup races this year. And so it started on Monday and I just, I emailed them and I was like, Hey, what up? Are you going to have the world cups? And they were like, no, (laughs) are you, what are you kidding? You've had it for how many years? Were you going to tell me this before I paid you my money? And then of course I was like, can I have my money back? And they were like, no, uh, and, and then, and and then it's such a good, being such a good cycling you know, centric network as NBC is, they were like, Hey, we don't know who's showing the cup. That was the, but yeah. Do you know who has it? No. Um, and, and that's where bill, where you really stepped in. And I think you did kind of the yeoman's work. It was like a, a tag team. I handed it off to you and, uh, sounds like you had a busy Monday. Yeah, no, that was, that was the perfect Intel that we needed because I started out we, actually, well, the, we got sorry, it. Just before you, yeah. the, the best thing though, was that Zach texted us, I got an email and Bill's like, immediately, send me that screenshot right now, please. And I was like, oh, this is going on Twitter. I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> yes. And uh, th- this all this all started, Paul. Thanks for your email. Paul uh, emailed us at feedback at cxhairs.com. You know, and it, it's the kind of stuff that we get. I know you got the, the same when you were in it neck deep, Zach, of people contacting you and say, hey, you know, Sorry to ask, but where can I watch this? Or where's the link to this? Or how do I do that? And that's the kind of stuff we get a lot. And I just assumed that it was NBC. And then when I started investigating and then learned that it wasn't, I was like, hmm. And then I, my, my first reaction was to ask NBC on Twitter and they did not reply. They used to have a guy or a woman, they had somebody running their, their, um, uh, Twitter account, it had to be like seven or eight years ago who was just like, he was going to get into it with you. If you, if you criticized it, he was coming back to you. Like it was like the, 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 just the surliest, um, uh, network Twitter I've ever seen. That's how much they don't care about like that NBC cycling. Cause he was just like, Nope, we're fighting about this. And I was like, all right, let's go. Uh, well, I have to, he, I have to note that they'll only, if you write a, uh, April fool's story and use them, they'll send you a cease and desist. So they're probably actually hired some lawyers with that money. I used to, I, I'll tell you this, like with ESPN cycling, I think it was NBC. I used to like, um, even AP, would have had like a certain cycling and I used to like retweet all of them because they would only post on those feeds if it was a doping story. Like they wouldn't do any results. They wouldn't do anything. It would just be like so-and-so suspended for dope. And so I would just like be retweeting. It was like, Hey, what are the results from the Giro today? And just like, you know, retweet that because that's, that's all they did. That's like their only thing that they had these cycling things for, which of course means those were the only things that actually got any kind of traction for them. Okay. So NBC doesn't uh, respond, and then I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? So then I started tracking down some UCI contacts and just trying to figure out, well, they, they have to know who has the broadcast rights for this. You know, we, we learned that despite uh, GCN and Eurosport getting together and really sort of gobbling up the rights of many of the other races that we see, you know, super prestige and the atheists and pretty much everything that we've been watching this year for the U S they did not have the world cup. So could check GCN off of the box. We could check NBC off our box. And then I heard back from the UCI through like everything with UCI. UCI. It was like a 
three parties removed from, but it was from, it was from somebody at the UCI, but it had to go through a lot of intermediaries before it got back to me. And they sent the, the broadcast rights, uh, schedule of who has rights for all the different regions. And it was flow sports was listed there. I'm like, okay, it looks like flow sports has the rights to this. Go to the flow sports website, go to the calendar. Michael, what does the calendar say at that point in the week? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. I think it's got like highlights. Yeah. Doesn't it have like the tour of Saudi Arabia or something on there? It was like the next thing in like February. You know, that was like the only thing listed. Nothing listed. They had a they had the last World Cup or that they did the year before, and then nothing. Reached out to Flow Sports. Nothing. Just radio silence. And then hear back even more confirmation from the UCI that indeed it is Flow Sports. And then, so I put that out there and then Flow Sports likes my tweets. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> so I tried to get some kind of confirmation. And I think though, and I can't, I, you know, the, the, the folks over there, Ian and, and Johnny and everybody that, that does work for them and we, we love following. I, I, I don't blame that at all. I'm sure there was some stuff behind the scenes that was going on that they were like, we want to say something, but we can't. And I think that actually turns out because I, you know, I heard just today, like late today after we were all like, okay, it's going to be flow sports. And they put it up there that they got the final confirmation that they are, they do indeed have the rights to Canada and us for the world cups. So that's basically the end of the story. I mean, the, the other thing, and I'm sorry, friends at flow sports, they don't do monthly. It's $150 for the year. We only have five world cups plus, uh, the world championship. So you're getting six events, you know, full coverage of six events, you know, 150 divided by that. Plus you'll get, you know, a year's worth of all of the road racing, which they have, which, I mean, and you know this more than me, Michael, it's a, it's a pretty extensive lineup of, of road that they have, right? I mean, they, they cover a yeah. ton. I watched the Giro, and they have a bunch of the classics, too. Um, so, like, as a road racing fan, in our household, we have everything. Yeah. We, just, we just have it all. It just it, It's a cost that we just we are willing to pay, and so we have flow, and so I'll be able to watch the World Cups. But, I mean, like I said, yeah, they had the Giro, so 21 days of racing plus a bunch of classics. I mean, it's... It's definitely, there's good content there. I mean, I think it's, what's interesting though, is to look at this sort of landscape, whereas was it last, so it was last year that GCN kind of jumped into this and we had like a lot of free content. Yeah. You, you know, you made, had, you made a good analogy. What, what is GCN? <laughs> GCN's like the drug dealer of cyclocross, you know, first one's free. And then this year they come around and they, you know, they got the race pass in the app and, you know, like you said, Bill. We wanted to support. Uh, we bought the pass at our household. Uh, we love seeing Jeremy and Marty, and they had Helen Wyman last year, so they've got some good ta- content. But it's just you saw it kind of they kind of a little bit of a market suck and just kind of sucked everything up. They, under, gave, they gave you a, they gave you a taste. <laughs> they gave us a taste, and now we're hooked. <laughs> but like I said, we 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 buy from everybody, so we're we're okay here. We're gonna watch the World Cup. Um, yeah, but Zach, I mean the 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 bottom line is that I mean you got into this, so it's like it, we want to be good, supportive fans. We want to show that North America is a is a is a viable market that that can support this kind of stuff. So you subscribed to uh, NBC, so that was sixty dollars, and you subscribed to Flow, which is what is it nine dollars a month. GCN is. I mean eight. GCN. I mean GCN. Yeah, like eight or nine. Yeah, which, which is, is nine bucks a month. I mean, now, a great. You're paying like a dollar a race if there's one race a weekend in yeah. this series. Like, and now, and now we want to put like a hundred and sixty dollars on top of that, and it's just like, I don't know. Scott Herman was saying the same thing. He's like, "Look, I subscribe. We subscribe to everything just because we want to watch cyclocross." But is there any other sport that that you have to subscribe to? multiple outlets to to just follow it just seems no no and i mean um at the same time i mean and i, I kind of posted this on twitter i get it that people have been burned and you know people have promised and <laughs> said that they've had coverage and i uh 
guess I haven't necessarily paid for those in the past because it was like they were either free or there were links, you know. But with GCN, I think, I don't know. I felt like people were lumping it in. They're being like, GCN is, I saw this on Twitter, GCN sucks too. And it's like, for me, you know, what I've wanted is on demand and live coverage with quality announcing. And I think I never wrote this, but I had this thing about just, I mean, no offense to the person does it, but like the world cup announcing was embarrassing. I mean, they told you nothing about the venue. If you were coming into it, you had no clue what you were watching and they do a great job of being like, this venue is blah, blah, blah. And you know, they do their research. They talk about the weather. Jeremy powers has been incredible. It's on demand, so I can wake up at like eight and watch the women's race um, before I check Twitter and have it ruined for me. Like I don't have to get up early. Um, so I don't know. I just I, I feel like I'm hopeful that they seem enthusiastic about it and they're doing this work. And I guess I would I don't know people encourage people to give it a second look and not be like oh it's all terrible um, because you know if if we're all just like oh you suck even though you're p- providing this great product that you can subscribe to monthly. So let's say you just want to watch November Cyclocross. You can do that for eight bucks, like, or if you don't like the product that you can unsubscribe. So I'd say like, give them some love. And I mean, I would love to see them do this for the foreseeable future. Cause it's just, I yeah. think it's, but yes, we need them to also bid on the world cup and just, yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, and, and the, the other thing that I learned is that getting the rights to the Dave Ave or the super prestige or atheist, you know, as, as things go, you can bid since they are sort of, they, they are bid out. They're not run by the UCI. So you can just bid out those um, on their own and, you know, not to get into numbers, but they're, it's not hugely expensive as these things go. I mean, you, you hear the number. I mean, I think it's like 25 grand is what I heard for, for one of those series. If you're a network or something and you think you get enough people paying for it, <clears throat> that, that seems like a viable investment for the world cups and this is what nbc bought and what i why i suspect they always kind of ignored cyclocross is to get the road world championships to get the mountain bike world championships to get the track world championships to get bmx they have to also take cyclocross with that it's a package so the world cups and the world championships are thrown into this bigger UCI cycling package, which I'm assuming has a much bigger price tag to it. You can't, they they won't portion out, you know, cyclocross from that or mountain, you know, whatever else you want. You can't just take slices. You have to take the the whole pie. So that's what flow now has. I think in the bigger picture, they were hoping to also still have the rights to all of those other races and then have this robust cyclocross calendar which would have been amazing and then i think for all of us flow bikes would have been that one-stop shop this is where we went this is where we got all of our cyclocross coverage it didn't work out like that so it's almost like we have too much competition from these different entities coming in and that's that's what's led to this split between between different services so which I think the, the way it's breaking out with flow having those rights, I don't know what the duration of the contract is for is like, we may, we may still have this GCN flow split for a while. Well, and I mean, also I, they were supposed to have 14 races. That That's <laughs> like the other they, thing. That, I mean, you the look other at thing that, is they were supposed yeah. to have the dominant, right. like right. what GCN has was yeah. supposed to be the, the B league, the, you know, the, that's a the huge underclad, point. That's undercard. a huge point. That's a great point, Zach. I, yeah, it's wow. This, the, I just thought of of that. I actually totally forgot about that. (laughs) You kind of forget about like just, I mean, how much the pandemic, even though we're having this racing, just the domino effect um, down to broadcasting and sort of subscriptions for watching cycling. And and that would have changed everything as well because every weekend was a World Cup, right? You're looking at these other series. You may then not get, you know, we talk about load management in cyclocross you may not get all of the racers at both days on that weekend. And it could be that, you know, then you're making a decision. Hey, if the World Cup's the premier series out there, that's the only thing I'm subscribing to. So, yeah, I, right. I, that's, a, that's a huge part of this. You know, without, without the pandemic, I think we're looking at a totally different picture. And maybe, maybe we come back next year and we're going to have a completely different conversation. I think Michael made the point in the, uh, the cut 
who won the weeks uh, segment that the fans have been the winner and we talked about it last week and I kind of like this I think fewer races is better I mean we're seeing every racer show up at even atheist cross races and they're just they're intense like these races have just been on a level that I don't think we see in a normal year where like they're like I only get to race once this weekend I want to win this race um and I think we'll see that again today. Like, I mean, you just see the excitement and these winners, the people have been winning these races. Like, it's not just like, eh, I want to race. I'm shrugging right now. It's like, these have yeah. been intense. Like, this has been great racing. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I mean, should we get in? Let's get into yeah, the racing. Let, let's do it. I mean, we, so we had, we after last week's podcast, we were trying to run down like 17 different races. This was like nice. It was just a men's race and a woman's race. And, they're both good ones, guys. I I feel like we have been getting some dynamite racing on both sides um, of the field. And uh, uh, Zach, you're you're going to put out a blog post soon where this dynamic might change in these races soon. So, like, I hope everybody has really enjoyed what we've watched the past few weeks because it might be completely different next weekend. Did you already? Yeah, put I that think. Out? <laughs> oh uh wow i didn't know that i'm gonna put out a maybe i'll have it this week i don't know was it um, yeah no Wout, it's Wout miss well i I'm about Wout miss oh, oh Wout miss okay <laughs> yeah, yeah okay yes i did th- i did and do that Peter's yeah. palooza and <laughs> I- i'm so excited for this weekend i uh, it is like Wout miss in november um uh, should we start with the men's again should we just should we just since we're talking about Wout no. miss and no, no let's go to the women okay all right. That's just how I as I have my notes. It, okay. It just, it just, my brain is organized that way. <laughs> okay. We are uh, at Merksplas. 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 You know, I kept wanting to call it Merksplat. Not even joking. I just was like, that's what it's called. But I think that that, that works. I think that, that fits Merksplat. Sort of fits this, this uh, yeah. race. Yeah. What do you yeah. guys think of the course? Uh, well... Before we do that, I will tell you that it was the first year that this course existed. It was supposed to be last year as well, except for the 130 kilometer an hour winds that uh, postponed the race. So first time we're looking at it, I dug it. I thought it was great. I, I love that it had some really long uh, power sections that, you know, they, they the um, uh, Super Prestige uh, production team is using that drone, I think, better than anyone out there right now. Just yep. from the yep. long sweeping shots to the to the top down sand shots, which are oh my goodness, that just that that was a game changer for cyclocross, and especially when we talk about the the women's race because it really, you know, we're going to talk about Brand and Alvarado in the sand, and that you you see it on the ground. And then you see it from the air, and you're like, it completely changed the narrative. So I just really love that. And then, and then Zach, we got those wooded sections that are just like sloppy mess. Yeah, and I think that another thing that came into this race, it reminded me kind of, well, the men's race reminded me of, of Jingle Cross in the year Katie Keogh won it. Uh, when we got a rainstorm in between races. But I think you saw it start to fall at the end of the women's race. And I think that ended up playing uh, a key role in how that race played out. But I will say, I also loved the vintage uh, Bill Shiken tracking shot in the sand. Oh, that was just killer. Like, I don't know if some dude was like dragging the the camera down low he, or whatever. Yeah, he, but he, got that was, he got his workout. That was, was just... He, well, the thing was... It was handheld too. There yeah. was no gimbal. There was no underslung. He he was running that handheld, and he you know it was fairly smooth. And I was very impressed in the way his camera works. So great tons, stuff. To that tons guy. of like there were a couple of photographers there. There's all those stakes there, and it wasn't only hand. It was handheld and hardwired. So he was like yeah. dragging cable with him too right. the, the whole time, yeah. which which made it even more impressive. But uh, Mike, want to start about the. T- Start uh, talk about the beginning of this race. We got uh, Lucinda Brand, Lucinda Brand showing showing her showing the Telenet colors uh, from the gun for once. Right. I mean, Brand really. My my big note from this race is that Brand looked good all race. Brand had confidence. Uh, she looked fresh. Her legs looked strong. You know, never really saw a big. I don't whatever it was about this course. But it's somehow it fit her perfectly, and I don't know. Maybe she came in rested. You know, it's only one race the weekend. 
But of all the riders, she was the one who looked like she was killing it all race. And, you know, I said this in the green room, but to me, Brand is the team leader at Telenet Belois. Like, just she, overall, she, she's the one. Um, this, this, she's, we talked about, Jay Powell mentioned this on the, uh, on the show that she had been on a podium every, um, race this season. And I, I meant to tweet at him and, and, and Marty and be like, yo, we have a stat for that. Yeah. Her, it's OPP and it's at a hundred percent. Um, and yeah, once she just, I don't know, I don't know where we want to go to next, but just, just watching her in the beginning. Yeah. She, she went hard from the gun and she was some chin music with Anna Marie Worst, and there was no dangling going on. Zach, she she was at the front all day. No, Naughty by Nature was really uh, turning things. Around. It was different. I, I think that we talked about uh, a couple races. You know, can Brand get to the front quicker? And she's like, "Ha ha, I've got an idea. Why don't I just go to the front at the beginning of the race?" And it made for a different race. I mean, I. You confuse me on the blog post thing because I'm I'm halfway through another one. I I think this may have been the best race I've ever seen Lucinda Brand race. Like she was just composed, like the way she raced it, um, the way that you know. I guess we'll get to it in a second. She took some some chin music. She took some body blows, and she came out just looking phenomenal. Um, and I don't, you know, to set the stage, Bill, you, you coined the the phrase, she's kind of the Rodney Dangerfield of cyclocross. I mean, I was looking at her Palmares, like she's been winning all of these races. I mean, it's, it's just insane. In the last two and a half years, her OPP is 90%. Um, you know, sorry, uh, she's won two she, and a half years. Yeah. Since the start of whatever was that 18, 19, 19, 20. So this season, all of last season, and then the season before. Uh, I'm sorry, 88.6. I mean, her winning percentage is 43%. She's won 43% Ooh. of the races that she's entered. And yet, two years ago, it was all about can Voss win? So at Bowen, so I think it was like, can Voss get number eight? And can Sonic get number three? And we just kind of overlooked her, and she still finished second. And then last year was all about Alvarado. And we were like, this kid... You know, Brand had a great season last year and was just, I feel like she can't get any respect. And even she didn't get respect from the media pit. We picked her as the third topper. Well, you know what? She The thing is, though, like, Alvarado has all the jerseys, though. So she's a great racer. But you know, what happened at Bagunza? She had that horrible pit flub, right? Can you say Bagunza then, again? Can you please just say Bagunza again? Bagunz. Bogens, sorry. Bonza. Bonanza. 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 <laughs> uh, no, you're right. I, I, I think that's, and so that's part of the story of Lucinda Brand is like, she's just always made these mistakes. She's a roadie racing cyclocross. Um, and she's, I think that's this, that's the, that's kind of the, the goal of this year to sort of change, change right. that narrative for her. So we got the, the Kings of Cross brand, Alvarado worst. If we're going to not give someone it's a respect in this trio, is it now worst? I mean, just just Michael's just like not able two races in a row now, just not able to handle sand. And if you gotta, if you want to race in Belgium, you got to be able to race in sand. Yeah. Also, I mean, that's yeah. She 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 was not anywhere in the front in the sand. Um, I did notice that. Is she wearing a shoulder pad? Oh, I didn't notice. Go back. That. Watch the tape. I think she's wearing some sort of shoulder pad on her right shoulder. Um, she, yeah, she looked off all race. I mean, in the beginning of the race, she was trying to be the one at the front. And Brand, Brand said no. Brand shut the door, muscled past her a few times. And that first couple of laps, she was there about second. But then at some point, you know, prime time passes her. And then that's it. Really, she is sort of just chasing five seconds off the entire race. Doesn't doesn't look good, you know. Um. Yeah, my my one knows Zach. Before I, I jump over to you, just just quickly, is what she reminded me of in this race was tone after he flatted in that last race, where you would always see him in the picture, but he was always like just out of reach and could get back to the front too. And that was kind of that that sort of no man's land that a uh, worst was stuck in for this race. Yeah, so um, I mean, I guess I this is uh, I mentioned you know brands bike handling, and so we had this this super techie in the wood section, and so I to me, I think the moment that stood out for me it was in the fourth lap, 
uh, primetime was, you know, they were kind of trading back and forth and primetime went to the front. She, she muscled past her and she's like, I'm going to lead into this section. And I, to me, it, it, watching it, it seemed like it was like primetime trying to win the race. And she, she put in, you know, big move through there. She was on, on the rivet. She was pushing it and brand rode really well through that section. I think it just shows that she is learning how to, her bike handling has improved and she does really well in the mud. I mean, I was looking back, like she's won, she's won Nemur two years in a row, which is just to me, it's just like kind of wild given uh, some past history. But, you know, I think you're just seeing the progression um, of Lucinda brand and becoming this really dangerous rider. And it goes back like, I think primetime is scared, but I think she scares the bejesus out of, out of primetime. Yeah. And she did that, you know, Alvarado, I think you're right. She sort of said, this is, this is my move. We're doing this lap four. And then you talk about the tech sections, but then it comes down to, you know, what we used to call the Stibar and now we call the brand. Uh, Lucinda was able to basically reel her back in when it just was the long stretch down, down the finishing, you know, stretch. And she was right back on her wheel going into lap five looks like she pretty much is right where she wants to be. I think they might've been trading positions, but she's pretty much on Alvarado's wheel. We get to the sand lap five. Anybody want to talk about this, 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 this sand interaction on that lap? Yeah. I mean, the sand has been the name of the game for the past few weeks. You know, I've been trying to make all these Dune references and I forgot to look up what, Paul Leto's mom's name is because she gets some witch name because she's like the sand queen or whatever the the Benny Gesserit anyway so I'm trying to find sand I want to find a good nickname for brand so if our listeners have a good sand brand nickname anyway this time brand doesn't write it well stuffs it as Jay Powell says she catches a bad rut PT has the primetime has the momentum goes around her gets a gap and we're like Oh, crap. Okay, so maybe you can't force the, the winning move, but Brand, smart, on top of the ball, you know, is there to uh, capitalize on Brand's mistake, and I, I, I kind of thought that was it. I thought it was over. Yeah, and that was where the overhead shot of the sand was so amazing because you saw it. When you saw it live, you saw Brand falter. She has to get off her bike, and, uh, and Alvarado looks like she's just riding away from her. And then you see it from overhead, and you know we talked in the past about how great Lucinda Brand is on the run, especially through the sand, and where she lost the time was just getting off her bike. That created the gap. And then from the top down, you could see once she got up to running speed, and it was still about half of the pit left, she marked Alvarado perfectly. She did not lose any more ground from her running to Alvarado riding, it was just that she had already had that, you know, three, four second gap when she got out of the sand. And it, it did look, it was like, okay, prime times made her move and that's it. We're done, but not the case. Huh? Yeah. She had a, so she had a seven prime time had a seven second gap going into the last lap, um, over brand. We, I was, the, I was like, who's going to go into the woods first? Um, or, you know, what, what's going to happen there into the woods, Brand has it down to two seconds. Yeah, and this so, is this is where because what happens next, Zach, which you can talk about, but this is where I think the the narrative got skewed after the race that it was Alvarado screwing up the race as opposed to Brand coming back. And you're right, she was she was right there when. Well, I so in the green room, Michael had uh, you had a theory. I mean, so long story short, uh, prime time, very unprime. She, she ate it. Oh, she went down very bad. She went down bad. Um, but that was, you know, it was on a really slick section. It was a slick off camber. And I wonder if the precip had something to do it. I have a theory about this too, but Michael, you in the green room said you have a theory about what happened. I want to hear it. Well, previous, the, so, well, the one feature before that was that played a big part of the race was a sort of the, the, the whoops, right? You had the whoop up one stairs, you go down and then it goes back up and you jump off, and most riders were then remounting up top, very short transition, and riding down. This is where our friend T-Bex had an unfortunate crash and made onto the live stream. Um, the hole in the middle. That hole, the hole in the middle. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> Brutal hole. So Brand ran it the entire time. So anyway, 
prime time is in the, in the lead. She she gets on and she kind of misses her pedal. And in that straight section, she's looking down and like banging her pedals, trying to get back into them. Um, while Brand is tracing on a, chasing on a straight section, she gets to that 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 right hand turn and slips out. So my thought was. Was she maybe not all the way clipped in? Was she not set? She hadn't got her, you know, hadn't got her like hips set for the turn. That that was sort of what I thought. I so saw immediately before that she crashed. She has this sort of mental moment where she's trying to, she's not focused on the next feature. I actually 100% agree. Uh, and I think the fifth lap, the lap before, I think she had mud in her shoe and couldn't get clipped in. And it was annoying her the previous lap because she gave up some time. I think she was just flustered. I mean, if if you've ever been racing and you get mud in your shoe and the first couple bangs don't get it out and you're trying to go into this techie feature like you said, I think it just it was a headspace thing. Uh, I, you know, and I and Brand was able because she she hit the wrong lot, you know, she, she was leaning into a slick line, which was just like game over, but brand was able to kind of break and write herself and kind of take the more direct line through there. Um, so yeah, I actually, I was hoping you'd say that cause I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And I think also by, that was the point when she's concentrating on banging the mud out of her cleaters, just not able to clip in. That's what allowed brand to make contact. And I, I also, I, I agree with you. She, she was, not concentrating on it. And I think on top of that, she had brand right there again. So the, the, the pressure was back on that. She had to like, get back on, get back on the horse and really, really push it hard. And I think pushing it through there, the one note I w- I did want to make, cause, uh, Alvarado slides out and Zach put it as she took a better line. I will say also about her line. She was a very nice person because the direct line would have ridden right over Alvarado's hand I saw and, that. Yeah. And she did she did just sort of like make a little micro adjustment and go around so she did not ride over. So a little bit a little bit of nice sportsmanship in the in the middle of all of that. Um but so were you guys I mean, how were you guys feeling coming to that sand section? I mean, I know uh it, it, it was interesting that she didn't ride it the previous lap because, you know, she had another rider like um primetime crashed again and she had someone else coming up behind her. I don't worry. Uh, that sand section took on like a big meaning uh, for her, I think. I mean, I I, I kind of figured at that point she had it right because you could see that that prime time had cr- we didn't know she had crashed yet, but again, but all we saw was Betsima was the one who was in second who had who's made it who made a late charge, and I think that at that point it, it was close enough to the finish that I knew Brown was going to have it, and if any reason Betsima does make contact, we know who's going to win that sprint. Yeah, I, I, but I think you you really called it at the beginning, Michael. I mean, I, I just think that throughout this race, Brand looked like she was in much more control. That she she wasn't rushed. That she really raced a race. That she made she made mistakes. She made that mistake in the sand. She didn't let her let it get her down. I mean, people are going to argue. Yeah, without you know Alvarado getting mud in her cleat, without her going down, she's she may not catch her. I don't know if that's true. I mean, this is. This is Brand's game, right? I mean, she hadn't burned any of these I need to go from 10th place to 1st place matches that she's been burning every other race. So, who knows what what she has left? I just I just think she raced she raced a really good confident race and it's just exciting that it just it just sets this up now for this this World Cup where again, what what you were talking about uh, before you know, Alvarado, she's prime time. She wins all the big jerseys. When the when the big race happens, she wins it. So now we have a much, much, much more meaningful World Cup. We only have five World Cups. So big, big moment for Brand in Tabor. Well, and I to to, to put another quick point on it. Um, she's won two out of the last three Tabors. She won two in a row. Like this is a Lucinda Brand course. Like I I don't know. I I think it's just. I think it's Taylor. Am I am I going to do it? I'm going to do it. It's Taylor made for her to make a statement. Am I missing a pun here? No, just the statement. No, the statement. Uh, We love statement. Speaking of statements, Michael Stonks, Sana Watch, OMG. Wait, 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 just one. I want to just pin this. I want to pin this brand brand and prime time conversation with this stat. Alvarado has won every other race that she started. So if so that means she's probably gonna win Koitrick. 
Although that's what Brand won last year and beat her in a sprint. If she, I, you know, I wonder like if somehow she can, she, Alvarado can tweak that and uh, change it to, to, to Tabor. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Michael. Michael. Yeah. Speaking of statements, stonks. Stonks. Sonawatch. Oh my gosh. Sonawatch. What 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 was the quote that she said? Oh, here's what was her quote. There's an article by Wyler Fleet. She said, I have never panicked. The outside world has. Wow, if that is not just a steady rudder in a raging sea <laughs> of sauna continents, like right there, like she we're the only ones who freaking out. Sana knows what's up. So yeah, she got fifth. Strong race, great race. You know, was was in that second group uh, the entire time, and you know, in the end, the the sort of the, the to me that what made the statement about that her sort of being in the conversation as a subtopper is that she beat out. She was with Bakker and Yara. Uh, the credit shop freestads duo, and she beat them both to get fifth, to get on that last step of the wide angle podium. So that to me is really marking her place and saying, "Hey, I'm still the the old school Belgi. I'm still the queen here. Three world championships, yo." Yeah, I, what I really like too is is that in that position as the elder statesman out there that that I, I she's she's giving back as well you know and and I and I like to see that I like I like to see when when riders take other riders under the wing and uh what it looked like to me was it was a bit of a junior development uh, clinic out there that uh that Sane was leading as as she was on the on the front of the group and just lined up behind her was Backer and Kay and Castelline and they they were all like getting lessons on lines and getting lessons on pacing maybe switching bikes and all this kind of stuff and it's really cool you know we we see where you can pay top money to do that where these riders were able to get this instruction and this experience mid race, you know, in a real life, um, <laughs> real world, real race, uh, environment. So k- kudos to Sane. I, I, I wonder if she, I wonder if she charged them for that. It's like those USA cycling upgrade clinics where you could like go and do a mentored race and like get, you know, a clinic and get some upgrade points all at the same time. So, uh, yeah. So Sana, um, since Euros, uh, she went seventh, she went sixth. I don't know what happened at Leuven. We just, we won't talk about Leuven. And now she's up to fifth. Uh, so, I mean, she's trending upwards. I, I, her quote also, uh, I guess she said something along the lines of like, I can't listen to the haters. I'm just going to let my pedals do the speaking, uh, which I thought was, she's a poet. Like Sana Khan is a Damn. cyclocross poet. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for Sana Khan getting back in the mix. Like the world is just pony camps. Right. And you know, she's not, she's not a very, she's not a poster, you know, she's not terminally online like the rest of us. So we, we, we rarely get these Sonicon gems. One other like quote from the article I thought was sort of just extremely enlightening about how things just haven't changed or still the same is that apparently the Belgian men have chartered a plane or there's a Galazzo chartered plane to the Czech Republic, but then an, another one is there's not room for the women. There's not enough women, so they're gonna drive. Oh jeez. But here's here's my last my my final question here on on uh, Sane. Better motivational speaker, Sane or Sparkle Addict? <laughs> That's tough. I don't know. I kind of I I kind of like them both. Just sort of you know. Hit you from both sides, right? I want to know. I want to know what. Um, I want to know what Kate Courtney's uh, inspirational messages uh, sound like once they th- go through a Dutch translator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I think we need the Dutch translations of your uh, your daily Kate Courtney affirmation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Are we ready to go into the men? Hey, yeah, let's do it. Hey, we've got two bangers again. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I think that in a way it's like we needed guys, we needed Lauren Sweck in some capacity to be to be in the mix. Like I feel like he just throws a wrench in Ailey's like I'm gonna just beat the world kind of program or whatever. Uh so I'm gonna give a lot of credit uh to Lawrence just being there. Um but he wasn't the only one. There was another rider today. Michael uh, that Michael, race. Michael is Lars Vanderhaar front. 
He was on the front of the race. That didn't make sense. He's not back. He's was this like a? Was this a? Is he back? Yeah, kind of thing. Like, is he front? Oh, I, I, he's, Bill's bringing up a Twitter joke that I tweeted <sighs> at six a.m. on a Saturday. I totally forgot about that. Lars is front for what the first forty. Can minutes? I just say something? Because I'm not editing any of this out. It was the perfect setup. I mean, it was like groove down the middle for you. I could have gone walk down to the home plate, put it on a tee, and said, "Here, hit this." Sorry. I apologize, Bill. I'm sorry. That w- Sometimes they go right over my head. That was gonna be our like Lars. That was gonna be our house of highlights viral video. And now and now <sighs> What we have to produce actual content? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey Michael Lars, like- Lars uh Lars Vanderhaar, what's up with him? He seemed like he was doing pretty well there. He was. I mean, he came out hot. Vander shot, right, Bill? That's I mean it. he although like, it was so interesting. Although didn't Quentin if we want to like back up oh, for a second. Oh, poor Q. <laughs> Q was like, Q was up there and then yeah. Q was gone. Yeah. And he pulled a <laughs> well, pulled, he crashed out, he, right? He, he slipped. He pulled a Becky. Oh, no, he yeah. didn't. He just went down. Louis, Louis Ro- just, Royer pulled a Becky. Yeah. Sorry about that, T-Bex. Yeah. Hope you're I'm okay. sorry. I'm, dera- I'm derailing us. We talked about Ailey being the, uh, We've questioned his his you know uh, what kind of what kind of reception he gets in the team bus you know his team player you know how he contributes to the team chemistry but tone though I, he seemed very happy very happy to play the the obliging dutiful teammate like right off the bat you know uh, don't you guys think I, I, I that was the note that I that I, I had written down um, that looking at Lars Vanderhaar up twenty seconds twenty seconds like in the second. By lap two in this race, you know, just a huge gap. You got the sausage who are on full alert. They have to chase down. And Tone is just sitting there third wheel. I mean, it's perfect. He's just like on it. He's not attacking. He can even like sit up a little in the corners. He's doing everything right. And and you, you look at all of the races where this was reverse where it was either Sweck or Vanternot out there and you had Tone chasing or Lars chasing and if LA w- Ailey was back there all he c- he could only do it for like a a couple seconds and then he was like screw this I'm attacking and I'm going and I don't care if I bring everybody with me I am going and and getting my getting my teammate and it just seemed like as far as team chemistry goes I you know We'll talk about it more later. We can't really fault the sauces how they race as a team at some point, but I still, that being said, question Ailey's um, uh, team first um, mentality sometime. I, I don't know if it's always there. Where Tone, it was like, hey, cool, Lars is out there. That's awesome. I hope I hope he can pull this off. There was a little bit of... Um bulletin board material and so i was wondering if that inspired lars's move where apparently we didn't get this but before the race uh ellie Ezerbeet said that tone needs to race smarter when he's racing against them and what happens lars goes off the front and tone as you said bill gets to be smart and watch them chase him down so i thought i thought that was awesome that was great love to see it i think it maybe was a little early you know just maybe he could have timed it a little bit later in the race uh, because Lars kind of blew up and, you know, wasn't able to really fulfill, you know, that they didn't they didn't quite have a two-prong attack for the entire hour, whereas we see with the sauces, they had the patience and they waited it out and they waited it out and then it all came through in the end for them. Yeah, but, so. but if your tone, Zach, I mean, you're like, this is such a novelty. When's the last time I've been able to sit here and not have to like, you know, bury myself on lap one just to be in the race, knowing that I'm all on my own. I mean, he, he, he had help. So he's probably like, Hey, this is pretty cool. I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I brought this up as a point uh, in the green room that I wanted to talk about. And, you know, we've talked a lot, Bill, and you've talked about the, the sauces tactics. And I think, you know, Jeremy was doing a great job being like, look, these guys have this dialed, like, they they all play their role. They know what they're doing, uh, and it's it's textbook. Um, but we had the lions. The lions were in a two on one fast break. And I was going to use a basketball analogy for this, um, and I guess I, I will get to the second part that'll kind of spoil it. But 
we had a two-on-one situation for the first time in, I think, in the history of this year and a half. The Lions had more riders in the lead group than the Sauces. Um, spoiler alert, uh, things didn't end up. They ended up getting dunked on at the other end of the court. Like, what What went wrong? What could they have done? Like, what did you guys think of the Lions' tactics and what happened? Yeah, it was like classic quick-step Parry roubaix tactics there where they got the numbers and then nobody ends up on the, on the podium. And I... I I mean, as 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 much as we cheer for Lars Vanderhaar to be back, and you know, if we skip ahead to the near the end of this race, he actually went back to the front at at the forty four minute mark. So he he really stuck in this this one to the end. But yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's such a tough position, Michael. I mean, they got these they got the two on one out there, but I think that. Sweck was able to play it perfectly where he was the guy who was out front animating. They caught him and then he pretty much just was just soft battling stuff. You know, I, I, that, that's how I took it. He wasn't in it to win it at that point. I think he really was as powers pointed out and what you pointed out, Zach playing, playing that good teammate and giving the opportunity, even a lot of look backs to see where the rest of his guys were. And, and that just, when you have, you know, three, you you well, you have Ailey and you have uh, Vanter now coming up behind both guys who have pre have you know recently won races. It's a tough spot to be in. So I mean, how would how how do the how do how do the Lions do it better, Michael? What do they do? Is there anything they can do? Get Brand to join their squad? <laughs> like come race two times? I don't know. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I think I think it really is. Yeah, the sauces are the stronger team right now, and we've seen in the earlier part of the season it was just it was just tone, and then we've had Lars, he's coming back, but I mean they they don't have the numbers, like they just don't have that firepower out front, and the sauces can wait it out. You know, Sweet can be patient, he can look back a lot, he can see where the hell Ellie is. I don't know what Ellie was doing back there forever, but you know, they were able to, like you said, soft pedal in the turns. Waited out, not mark moves, and then here we and they have, but they have the numbers where we have Mikey V coming from who knows where, the dugout. I don't know, like gets up to there, lap six, but lap four or five, he finally makes it to the front, you know, and then and then he he's able to put in the moves and attack, and yeah, once again, I don't know, I don't know what. The Lions can do. I guess maybe Sven Nyes needs a suit up. Maybe that would help. <laughs> it might be. But even yeah. even Zach, even even like later in, you know, we had a lot of this almost looked like a NASCAR race, you know, with guys going in, taking new bikes, and then losing that front position, you know, which a lot of times you don't see because a lot most of the times um, riders will take bikes at the same time or – if if they don't, there's usually not that much of a discrepancy between the pit lane and and the um, the, the non pit lane, and you, you know so even Vantern out on on one lap. I think Easterbeat did it. He took a bike, and then he dropped all the way back, had to catch back up, and then even with like a lap to go, uh, Vantern out takes a bike, and he's like three seconds down off that group. And and at that point, we were talking about in the green room. At that point, you're like, how how does this guy come back? Spoiler to win this race. Uh, you know, I think uh, Jay Powell, to his credit, was kind of honing in on this a little bit. This course had a lot of um, uh, speed limits on it. And I think you saw where even when you had Tone and Lars with um, with the Swexter uh, up at the front, it just seemed like it was really hard for a group of three to get the speed going. So even if Tone wanted to pull through and kind of like drag everyone along that there were more speed limits on, on groups than there were on like individual riders uh, being able to kind of pick their lines through the grass or whatever. And, you know, coming out of corners a little bit better. So it seemed like it, you know, we saw with brand, like she was able to, to chase down Alvarado that it just seemed like one of those courses where you kind of wanted to be the chaser. And so I think that maybe that contributed part to why it was easy for Sweck to bridge and Ailey to bridge. And even Corey Van Kessel was in the mix uh, helping to contribute to that. So I don't know to what extent that played a role, but yep. um, it just seemed like, you know, with that churn, it was still possible for you guys to be like, you know what? 
that group is not going anywhere. Like I'm going to get a new bike. (laughs) I think that also led to people having more left in those last couple laps. And we've seen some races this year where it's just full gas the whole time and they get to the end and they're just, they just collapse and they're done. Uh, where this race, you know, in, in, uh, out, you know, thanks, I think to, to Marty, well, we got, we got an English question in the end and he, he said that he felt really good in the, in the woods and that's really where he made his move. I think at 48 minutes, he finally goes ahead and then never, never relinquishes it. And he's, he's riding it super smooth. I think that, I think the guy who rode that course the best ended up winning the race. I mean, he wasn't dabbing as much. He wasn't sliding out. He really had it dialed. I think him and if you look at this one and we talked about liking this course, Michael, I think, I think the person, both people who rode the course the best ended up winning the race is how it came down for this one. Yeah, I think so too. And he, he did lead into those woods and he had, he had tone fairly close, but at, when they exited and he was on a straight section, he put the bower down and he opened that, th- that final gap and, and tone couldn't answer it. And that's, you know, once again, you know, tone maybe having to do too much work in the beginning and not having that, that one extra rider to sort of like soften some of those blows. Um, so Vanderbilt wins this and, and the announcers are like, this is your first big win, you know? And I'm like, wait, really? And, and, and I guess this was his first, Win as of elite in the super prestige series. So he's won what he won burn, um, but not at that, that sort of top level, which he's always been, he's always been sort of there, right? He's always sort of been a podium contender. So that was kind of, kind of a surprise. Um, I just thought I was looking at his results and there was something that was interesting was that I go, okay. So it was 2018, 2019. He got, he got second place eight times in the, in the elite field. So that's sort of why he, to me, he's always been a guy who could win a big race and why I've spent so much ruler derby fake points on him and lost them all because last year he did nothing. So, um, you know, good to see Mikey V win a super prestige race, meaning that that sort of overall series is kind of all over the place. And we've got, you know, all, all the riders on sauces sort of like vying for that overall win, which has got to be fun in the bus. Didn't you call Mikey V as your heat check rider of the season? Uh, yeah. I feel like you course. did. I feel like you, you said that Mikey V, I, he was I would, that, I picked uh, him. Yeah. I would pick him over Vanderhaar. Uh, that was the, the correct, uh, the correct pick. I just, yeah, he hasn't won very many races. I mean, I'm just looking through, he's run Polder's Cross. The Grand Prix de la Commune de Contern in Luxembourg. Um, you mentioned that he won Bern. Uh, some other races that he's won. He's won Mulebecky or Mulebecka or Becky Cross. I don't know. Uh, and there was one other funny one um, that you haven't really heard of. Yeah, like he had a great 18 19 season. Dude didn't win a race. Um, Where's the other one? Oh, he won the Canyon Cross Race in France. So, you know, like no. None of these big races, but I mean, I guess it all makes sense. I mean, I talked about how much these races mean, like I was a little bit moved by his celebration. I mean, he like, wow, like I I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but like, if you look back, it makes so much more sense where like, it's not just a post-up, like, like dude was on the verge of like crying. Like that was a big deal for this dude. Yeah, it meant something for sure. And then uh, coming in, coming in behind um, Van Torna, we had uh, so at the bell. At the bell, you got Tone chasing. So with one to go, he's five seconds behind. Uh, Ailey was eight seconds behind, and Sweck was twelve seconds behind. By the time they made it to the line, which is just like Tone. I, I mean. I don't know. We talk about Tone a lot. I feel like he's going to be back, but he 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 kind of went backwards a little bit. You know, Ailey was able to catch him and pass him, so he gave up that second place. And then coming in at the line, you know, going for the sauces sweep, uh, Sweck, you know, comes out of nowhere, is on his wheel, and they're on a on a you know one on one sprint for that third podium spot, and Sweck's able to take him out at the line, you know, leading leading to the sauces sweep. I mean, pretty pretty impressive. Um, result for that team and they're just you know like their tactics or not i kind of i kind of dig it i like the way they race um those guys are crushing the season there's just no 
No question about it. The Lions just got basted. From a roar to a whimper. They got basted. Nice. Uh, so yes. do you guys, so, uh, you know, looking ahead, I guess, by the time this gets uh, released, we alluded to at the beginning, uh, Saturday is Wout Miss, um, and Sunday is a second day of Wout Miss, and Pitter's Palooza. Um, provided these races occur. I mean, I think it's always like if the races happen and um, do you think this is, do you think this is a test for the, uh, for the team chemistry of the sauces? Because I think given where Wout and Pitters were on the road, I think that suggests that like, even though their call-ups aren't going to be the best, like they're going to be coming in to smash. And I would be surprised to not see them at the front. And do you think that has the potential to, cause it seems like they actually are getting some team chemistry. Yeah. I think that this- they can, they have to go into this with that mindset that they are the, you know, the, the kings of the hill here. And, and I think that at the beginning of these races, especially with these, you know, as great as Wout is, as great as Pitters is, you know, they haven't raced cross at this level yet. So my hope is that the sauces are just like all out from the beginning off the front and just pushing the pace hard. I mean, I think, I think that's, I think that's what you have to do. If you let Wout sit in for a while, you know, he's just going to get comfortable and then and then you're in trouble from from race one. I mean, and this is the first it's Saturday is Koitrick, which is urban cross, yeah. right? Which which has a lot of road sections. I mean, what Tim Merlier won the men's race last year, right? Was it is that correct? Um, and then we had that sort of great easer beef um, with Vanternout at that race, too, where he sort of like struck Michael and was like pissed that he chased him back. So. Yeah, I, mean, I think that, that I think that the, the the they've definitely got to be in it as a team to sort of lay claim to sort of cyclocross. But like, who's going to be like I'm the leader? Like, you do see Vanter now maybe being the guy who's just fine. I'll, I'll work for the team, but he just won a big race, you know. And and we've seen Sweek has got two victories in a row, so it's a tricky situation for that team going into this weekend's races. I think um, I think Ailey will let him know who's the leader. <laughs> Has he won a race in the Euro jersey yet? Nope. Wow. Curse the curse of the Euro jersey. And then in Tabor, the one thing that Wout has going for him are the uh super high um planks, which means that um everybody will have to dismount with him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, dude is dude is making a million bucks. You can't have him like endoing and smashing his body bunny hopping a barrier. Yep. No, it's true. Then you get, yeah, you get the equivalent of uh, Patrick LaFerre of telling uh, Stebar, I think we've had enough of this uh, cyclocross uh, stuff. Guys, I I mean, I know this is like, you know, there's Thursday, there's football. Like, I am really hyped for this weekend. I don't know about you guys, but like, I can't remember being more excited about a weekend of cyclocross, like, in a long time. Like, I'm stoked. Yep. Me too. Me too. I, I I think that's a good place to end, Michael. Any 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 closing? I think I already I got all my one line one liners out. All right, great. We got um, Chris Melman. Thanks for your letter. I think we just throughout the last couple of weeks covered a lot of your points with the uh, Americans coming into into uh, the field um, and racing in Europe, and then um, uh, Rob Kelly. Thanks for your phone call there's no beef between uh crits and uh, cyclocross we all love each other i don't know what you're talking about i will note we also got a uh, a twitter inquiry um they were asking why a lot of the euros ride doubles when us in america have been riding a single and of course <laughs> if you <laughs> can just come to the green room we don't do tech uh that's not really our forte <laughs> uh we talk about bike racing uh, so you probably a bike shop CX, maybe like someone else. I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to pose Wait, that question is, too. The euros are all in Shimano though, right? Shimano doesn't have a one by, do they? Well, they don't have their, they Dura ACE doesn't have a clutch. The clutch is at the Ultegra level in the GRX. And they're just like, yeah, we're not using GRX. And like, they're <laughs> like, we're running Dura ACE. Um, but I think also it's like, they like the gear spread. And frankly, if you run DI two in the front, I think the shifting, 
is so much more seamless and you see like Katie Compton swears by it too. Um, that it's not, it's not trying to, to do a mechanical double, uh, when you're racing cross, it's a little bit different when you have that DI two. So I think there's a number of, of factors, but one by, I think is just more of a, an American it's simpler. Um, and, you know, and, 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 for, for those who don't know, what's the easiest way to tell who's on Shimano in a cyclocross race? Is it the blue shoes? That's it. Just look for the blue shoes. Let's end it there. We'll see you after Tabor. The Slow Ride Podcast. Three idiots who are usually wrong. The Slow Ride Podcast. The titanium of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. It's like if David Vanderpool had a podcast. The Slow Ride Podcast. The Zwift Racing of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. Find the real advice. The Slow Ride Podcast. The arrow helmet of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. Sport leader coming through. The Slow Ride Podcast. When's Lance gonna sue us? The Slow Ride Podcast. The experts in French cycling. The Slow Ride Podcast. Official Fan Experience Zone on Facebook. The Slow Ride Podcast, the gravel bike of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, both vertically and horizontally compliant. The Slow Ride Podcast. New episodes every Tuesday.